right, so I'm going to work on this. I'm going to try and get this posted. And the next thing I'm going to do is touch on the Islanders Panthers preview and um, let you know my thoughts about that. Just please remember that nothing is set in stone. Do not start going and putting bets in yet. I'm just going to be giving you my thoughts and expectations. And then once we know for sure that the league is back and series prices are up, that's when I'll be making my final decisions and we will be locking in our plays. Sound good? All right. I mean, should I just jump into the the Islanders and Panthers? Should I just jump into that now? All right. I might as well just go into that. Let me just pull it off because I wrote out basically everything I want to touch on. Um, all right, so I'm going to start doing these pods for every, every series I'm working on coming up with the name right now. I like the, uh, the name empty netter, empty net with night ghost. I'm still learning how to use all this technology. So bear with me for the first few ones while I get it set up, but Here's what I'm coming up with with the Islanders and Panthers. Um, hold on, let me just move my camera. Let me just get set. All right. So this series basically is a rematch of the playoff series from the 15-16 season where Tavares ended the series for the Panthers with his overtime goal in Game 6 at the Barclays Center. I actually had tickets to that game, and I wound up not going. Um, it was the first playoff series win for the Islanders since 1993, and it was a, a big step forward for them. But that was in 2016, and a lot has changed since then. Tavares is gone. We know that he's in Toronto. He left for them after the 2018 offseason, and it left them without their captain and their star player. There was some... Moves made after he left, well, before he left to try and keep him to stay. And it really left a lot of pressure on Andrews Lee and Matt Barzell to take the reins. They brought in Robert Leonard to to play goalie for them. They signed Lou Lamorella as the GM. They brought in Barry Trotz as their head coach to replace Doug Waite. And the Islanders went from a seventh-round division finish to finishing second in the Metro uh, last year. They finished one point behind the Capitals for the division title, and that was with with Tavares leaving for Toronto. Um, I did a big article on the Islanders before the season started to let you know how I felt about them, and I did not think that they were a team that was going to be able to keep up the success that they had last year. Um, the article is still up. If anybody wants to pull it up and look at it, I'll try and make it more easily available for you if you would like. 
Um, I just didn't believe that this year would be a year the Islanders would be able to replicate their success from last year, and they're proving me to be true. They're technically out of the playoffs right now, but they do have two games in hand, so we don't exactly know where they would have ended up had the full season played out, but they are a far cry from where they were a year ago. Um, I said at the trade deadline last year that if they didn't move, make a move for a top six score, there would be no chance for them to get any further than the second round. And like I predicted, it came true and they were swept by the Hurricanes. They couldn't score that series as well as Leonard played. That was not his fault. He did everything he could have done to keep the Islanders in that series. They just couldn't get the puck in the net. And that's why I said they needed a top six score. This year at the deadline, they went out and they traded for J.P. Peugeot and gave up a first, second, third round pick from him. And whatever the case is, whether it was a trade, whether it was a disruption in chemistry, but since the trade deadline, you know, there's lost seven games in a row. They came back down to earth after the huge win streak they went on to start the season. And they're pretty much where I expected them to be right now. Um, in those seven games, they've scored a total of 16 goals. So they're barely averaging a little over two goals a game. And six of those seven games that they lost were all against the new proposed playoff teams. Um, like I was saying before about the rust, this break could be what the Islanders need to reset. But heading into a five-game series against the Panthers, I think is going to be a tough draw for them. If this was a three-game series and the Islanders had home ice against them, I think this would definitely be a series that the Islanders would take. But a best-of-five series, I don't see the Islanders being able to keep up with Florida offensively. Um... If you want to take a look at the numbers, Florida comes in as a top six in the league at five on five shooting percentages while the Islanders are at bottom eight. And that's important because of a stat that I'll get into later. But the gap between these two offensively and defensively is dramatic enough to be basically polar opposites. Florida is top six in the league again in goals four with 228 compared to the Islanders being bottom third with only 189. Um, last year we bet on the Avs over Calgary because I felt that Varlamov would be the difference maker in that series, and he was, and that's why that eight seed was able to overtake that number one seed in Calgary. But the Islanders, they're a top five team defensively in goals against. But if the trend continues over from the regular season, the Islanders are dead last in the league by a considerable margin in terms of power play opportunities. That's why I think it's important to know the amount of goals that the Island, that Florida is able to score and how high they are in the league in scoring because the Islanders don't get those opportunities. Um, the Islanders received a total of 168 total power play opportunities this regular season. That's dead last in the league. That's 16 opportunities behind the next closest team, which is the Ducks. So that's 16 power plays less on the year that they're getting than the second worst team in the league. 
and it's 43 opportunities less than the Panthers. They're right in the middle of the pack in terms of penalty kill percentage like Florida, so I don't see too much of an edge on either side there. But if Florida continues to get the man advantage and the Islanders fail to do it, it's almost going to be like a guaranteed extra goals per game for Florida, who are 10th in power play goal percentage scoring 20 21% of the time. Um, Florida averages a power play goal in one out of every five opportunities, while the Islanders are averaging almost nine minutes of penalty kill per game. So the Islanders are giving up four and a half penalties a game, and that's why I say Florida is almost able to average maybe a goal a game against the Islanders if they play um, in this five-game series. Uh, what else did I leave off at? Florida is the top four team in playoff in terms of staying out of the box, too. So they're only giving up three and a half penalties per game. So when you combine a team who gives up as little penalties that Florida does, combined with the lack of power plays that the Islanders have this year, they're going to be playing catch-up all series to them. And it, it, I as much... You could see the jersey I'm wearing. As much of a fan of the Islanders I am, I just don't think they're going to have the durability to last in five games against them compared to beating them in six games a couple of years ago. Um, Florida's a team that's going to pep you and pressure you on shots all game. They're eighth amongst the playoff teams in total shots on the season, averaging over 32 shots per game compared to the Islanders, who are more, they're more of a quality type shot team that ranks second to last in total shots taken. So what does it translate to? Florida's scoring 10% of the shots taken compared to the Islanders' nine. Matchup is going to come down to goaltending, in my opinion. Um, the Islanders enter the playoffs with only two 20-goal scorers on the year with Brock Nelson and Anders Lee, while they only have two skaters with more than 50 points on the year, and that's Nelson again and Matt Barzell. Um, they've been too offensively anemic. Extending past their seven-game losing streak, the Islanders were averaging two goals per game over the last 13. They scored 38 goals in 14 games. Florida uh, scored 38 goals in 14 games, averaging 2.7 goals per game in that span. Now, the discrepancy really comes between Bobrovsky and Volomov, where Bobrovsky comes in owning a 3.23 goals against and a 900 save percentage, which is real far off from where I was expecting. I thought he would have had a chance to win the Vezina Trophy this year, but that's definitely not going to happen. And Volomov's numbers are more than a goal, uh, half a goal better than Bobrovsky's with a 2.62 goals against and a 9.14 save percentage. Um, I do think that we will see a better Bobrovsky in the playoffs, especially compared to how he played last year against Tampa Bay and Boston. They went in as the number eight seed, and Bobrovsky was able to hold um, Tampa Bay to a two goals against average in the four games that it took for the Blue Jackets to sweep the Lightning. It was one of the biggest upsets in NHL history being the four-game sweep. And we had it. 
we had Columbus that series. That's what you're getting with me. That's what you're getting. That's why you sign up. Um, everyone thought I was crazy for... Not only did we have them, but I went ahead and picked Columbus to win game one. Everyone thought I was crazy. Two periods into the game, the Blue Jackets were down 3 nothing. Everyone's talking shit. Everyone's up my ass. Oh, the game's over. The game's over. Series is over. What happened next? Columbus scored four straight goals to take the lead and uh, and win the game. And then that was the rest of the series for them. Top team in the league, Bobrovsky, came in and gave up two goals against. They moved on. They played Boston. And they actually went on to take a 2-1 series lead over Boston. I thought Boston was in trouble. But unfortunately, Boston went on. Well, not unfortunately for our, our bets, but... Um, Boston went on to win three three games straight and move on to the Eastern Conference Championship after they swept Carolina, where Bobrovsky averaged about just under three goals a game against Boston. Now, Boston's one of the best scoring teams in the league. David Pasternak is one of the best pure scorers in the game. So... I'm not looking too deep into his performance against Boston because of the, um, just because of how elite Boston is and the names that they have on that team. So, where did I leave off? Uh, Florida comes in with five 20 goal scores and. Right now, Brett Connolly would have been six, but he finished the season with 19. He was one goal away. The top eight for the team offensively and the way that their defensemen produce offensively should cause the Islanders to find themselves scrambling on both ends of the ice. I don't think the Islanders are going to be able to keep up with them. I, Alexander Barkov was my my long shot pick to win the Hart Trophy for um, below McDavid. But... It's Barkov's play that has also allowed Huberto to break out to the player that Florida expected him to be. There were tra- there were so many trade talks of Huberto being on the move, and I didn't understand it. This kid has potential. This kid is a star. He's going to continue to be a star. And when you have guys like Huberto, Barkov, Dadanov, all these guys... I, I don't see how the Islanders are going to be able to keep up. It's going to be Bobrovsky who has to lock down his own net, and this should be an easy 3-1, I'd say, series win for Florida. Um, the only concern that we should really worry about um, is that the Islanders did sweep the season series against... The Panthers this year, they won all three games against them. But when going back and looking at it, all three games were played before December. They played October 12th, where the Islanders, um, they were tied, I think, 1-1 or 2-2, and the Islanders won 1-0 in the shootout to give them a... That's what it was. It was 2-2, and the Islanders won 1-0 in the shootout, which gave them a 3-2 win on the game. They played a month later, where the Islanders held them to a 2-1 win. And again, in December, the Islanders won 2-1 to one before the Islanders, before Andrews Lee buried an empty net, making it a 3-1 win. 
The Oilers haven't seen Florida since December, and I think this will play into Florida's um, favor. Um, from a betting standpoint, I don't know how much we are going to play on the Panthers individually. What I am more curious about is where the over-unders are going to be. I think this is one series that may open up at five and a half or five instead of six. But if we are able to get a total of six, we are going to be taking the under in the home games for the Islanders. Um, in the last 11 meetings between these two that took place as an Islanders home game between Barclays and the Coliseum, none of them have stayed under five goals. The Islanders also have tendencies to blow third-period leads against Florida. I've seen it happen multiple times. And like I said, as much as I am an Islanders fan, I would love to see them advance and play Washington if Washington holds on to that spot. I just don't think that the Islanders will be able to contain Florida in a consecutive five-game series. Florida wants that vengeance for their playoff loss a few years ago. And Florida was one of my sleeper teams before this... Um, season started it's the back end that florida needs to lock down to be able to have a chance to move forward and i think the uh, the islanders are offensively anemic enough that they will be able to do that now like i said this is all tentative so don't go start putting bets in don't go start looking for futures or prices or anything like that this is just where I am initially right now with my breakdown of this series. Um, if you guys have any other questions on that series, I'd love to answer them and talk about it more. But as of right now, this is the way that I see this first round series going. Any thoughts, questions? Anything else? All right. If you guys can think of any questions or want anything answered or want to talk about anything with these series, feel free to drop the questions in chat. Feel free to tweet me um, on Twitter. DMs, I, I do request not to be sent because... Um, I get the same question over and over again, so I'd rather it be asked publicly so people can see. And I don't see them all the time. So use the chat, use Twitter to tweet me, and I'll be glad to answer and discuss anything that you, you want to talk about. If you have any suggestions for the pod, if you have any suggestions for the next breakdown, let me have it. I'm all ears. I'm here to make this the, the best experience for you guys. And I'm here to win you guys as much money as possible. After this, I'm gonna st I'll start getting a banner, start getting some playing music, and we'll really turn this into a, a pod.
right, if there's no other questions, if there's no other concerns, I'm going to sign off. And if anything does pop up, just leave it for me in either of those places. Thanks for stopping by, guys.